Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We've been in a retreat, and it was a treat. I don't know how that works exactly, but it was a retreat. Anyway, uh, part of that is that uh, I invited one of my best friends, uh, one of the, our best friend couples, uh, to be with us. They drove all the way from Alabama to be with us. Do I? Only with a banjo on their knee. Yeah, that's a good tie right there. Uh, Les and BK Jones and Austin and Allison took, I guess it's about a 10-hour trip uh, to come and be with us and did an outstanding job at the retreat. Uh, this weekend, but you got to know the backstory. Les and I uh, kind of grew up together. He's older than I am um, by a year, and his father was my pastor, uh, still is as far as I'm concerned, uh, for 29 years. I'm only 30, but no, I'm really older than that. But anyway, he was a pastor for 29 years, and Les and I got really tight during that time, and he's been one of my accountability partners from then on, and we're just excited about having them with us. So today, you're going to have the special privilege privilege of hearing uh, Les Jones bring us, bring us the word. So I want you to give them a huge passion welcome to Les and BK Jones and their family for being here today. Les, come on and bring the word this morning. There's a video, so watch this. Sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you two, another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right. Marshmallow test. Great to be here today. Thank you so much for, uh, to Pastor Steve for allowing me to speak. Let me tell you about the marshmallow test. The marshmallow test was actually a study done by, um, by a researcher from Stanford University. Walter Michelle was his name. So four-year-olds were brought into this room, and I, I don't know if all these are four. This may be a uh, you know, different test. But um, the child could eat one marshmallow right away or wait for a certain period um, in, in the, the study, it was 20 minutes, and um, the, the researcher would bring back another marshmallow, and they could eat, eat two marshmallows. Here's, here's the interesting thing that they found. It, this is crazy to me. 
they found they they followed this study was done years ago they followed these these kids throughout high school and they found this they found that the kids who were willing to wait on the second marshmallow scored 200 points higher on their SAT scores to get into college they uh, were also much less likely um, to, to have premarital sex and to become pregnant and a host of other things. When I read about the marshmallow test, I immediately thought of our spiritual lives. See, I think there are lots of times in our walk with God that we have the choice between one marshmallow or two. And today I want to talk about kind of that choice and kind of look in Scripture at some folks who, who, who maybe made the wrong choice. The question for us is this. Are we going to take the immediate or are we going to wait for the ultimate? Are we going to take what's acceptable or will we wait for what is exceptional? Acceptable or exceptional? One marshmallow or two marshmallows? Ask your neighbor real quick. What are you going to do? One marshmallow two marshmallows. I've got some stories to tell about your pastor, but I will pass on those. Um, I just, I, I love, I love uh, Steve and Julie Ely. I love uh, Passion Church because uh, Passion Church is their passion, and it's been great to be with you this weekend. I, I, I really, this is, this is really on my heart, this whole marshmallow thing. Let me, um, let me give you a little background into a story that I want to look at from Scripture today. Here's the background. Um, if, if you've been around church, you probably know this. You're probably like, I got it, Pastor Les. It's fine. I'm sorry, I'm not Pastor Les here. I'm just Les. I got it, Les. I understand all that. Here's the deal. God had promised his people, the Israelites, a land, a land that was all their own, nobody else's. And um, so, so they had this promise kind of out there. And in between this promise that's out there and the, the fulfillment is a lot of bad stuff. How many folks have found out that sometimes when you're waiting for your second marshmallow, some junk can happen, right? And so they get, they get taken captive um, by the Egyptians. They get treated cruelly. They are, um, uh, you know, for, for hundreds of years are treated. Finally, God lets them loose from this Egyptian captivity, and they're free. For 40 years, they end up walking in circles in the wilderness, in the uh, you know, in the places that, a place that should have taken them two weeks to get across, took them 40 years to get to that, that uh, maybe that second marshmallow. And here we are, uh, uh, we, we've, kind of, we've kind of got all that as a backstory, and we're right on the edge of this happening, of them getting to go into the promised land. Them, you know, getting what exactly what God has promised them. And something goes way wrong, in my opinion. So I'm going to read to you from the, uh, the book of Numbers. I know it's a real popular one for you right after, you know, Leviticus about the hairs growing out of sores. That's always a fun one to read. Here's, here's what it says in the book of Numbers, chapter 32. It says, the Reubenites and Gadites, who had very large herds and flocks, saw that the lands of, lands of Jazer and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eliezer, the priest, and to the leaders of the community and said, um, Ataroth, Debon, Jazer, uh, Nimrah, Heshbon, uh, Eliala, uh, you know, just put a Sabam, Nebo, and beyond, the land the Lord subdued before the people of Israel are suitable for livestock. 
and your servants have livestock. Okay, they're suitable. It kind of matches. Isn't that great? The land is suitable. We have livestock. And then he, then they say this in, in verse 5 of Numbers 32. If we have found favor in your eyes, they said, let this land be given to your servants as our possession. Don't make us cross the Jordan. Okay, so if 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 I was going to paraphrase what these guys said, I would say they said something like this. You know what? We we haven't even seen the promised land yet. All we've seen is this one marshmallow land. You know what? Oh, oh, I love I love that kid in the thing that smells all. They said, you know what? We haven't even seen the two marshmallows yet. We'll take the one marshmallow, Moses. I'm good with this one. I'll just stay right, right here if you don't mind. So, you know, when you read that, just skim over. You think, that's not that big a deal. That's not that big a deal. Oh, see there? Man, our marshmallows are really messing some things up. Um, What's the big deal? Here's the big deal to me. I'm going to put another marshmallow out there. so he can. Here's the big deal for me. It was really clear. I went back and looked at it. God was really clear and very specific with his people that their land was going to be the land of Canaan. You know that I got my Bible with me. I got You're in trouble because I got my Hebrew, Greek, key study Bible today. Woohoo! Oh, whoops, it says Brenda Jones. That's my wife. Okay, so you knew I wasn't that deep. Uh, you know those maps in the back of your Bible you never look at? I want you to look at one real quick, okay? I, I hope you can you can see this. I wish I had a pointer. I can't jump near as high as I used to back in the day when I used to block Steve, Pastor Steve's stuff all the time in basketball. But Anyway, I don't know if you can see this. This is from, you know, the atlas in the back of the Bible. Over there, kind of this big land over to this side is, is land of Canaan. Do you see that? Land of Canaan. Here's the deal. There's the Salt Sea. There's the Sea of Nessar up there. And running between them is the Jordan River. So God said, here, all this from this side over is what I'm giving you. This is the land of Canaan. This is yours. The problem was they weren't there yet. They were on this side still. I'm not real good with directions. They're still on this side. And here's what the Reubenites and the Gadites say. They say, hey, this is good enough. It's good enough. You, you know what happened with the Reubenites and Canaanites and, and Gadites? They started listening to their heifers. That's what happened. They started letting their cows call the shots in their life. They said, Here's the bottom line. They said, we know that God has promised us that, but this is good enough. I'll take the one marshmallow. The one marshmallow. How many times in our life, I'm going to be a chunky guy by the time this is over. I'm going to tell you, I believe there are times in our lives there are so many times in our spiritual life that there is the one marshmallow out there that's okay. It's all right, but it's not God's very best for us. Do not 
I just challenge, do not pick up that one marshmallow. Wait, wait, wait for God's plan and got the second marshmallow. Their cows were calling the shots. They, in essence, said, we've been hanging out with our cows, and our, our cows seem pretty happy. And if our cows are happy, we're, <laughs> we're happy, you know. Um, don't tell me that there haven't been times in your life where uh, you haven't listened to your cows. Whenever uh, maybe you reach a certain, uh, rela- certain point in your relationship with God and you kind of sense the need to go further, you just know God's calling you to take you know, the next step, and, and, and you know it's going to be uh, a little stretch for you, and all of a sudden the, start, the, the cows start talking to you. i got to go there. I'm sorry. They'll say, don't move any further. I'm sorry. That, I just had to do that. You know God's tugging at your heart um, to do the right thing financially. And God's asking you to step up and do what you know to do and to tithe 10% of your income. And you... You know, what are you talking about? And your cows start talking to you, don't they? Don't, no, no, no. You, you're doing good enough. I mean, you dropped, dude, you dropped a 20 in, in the offering this week. What are you talking about? You sense God tugging at your heart to get involved in ministry, but you're scared to death about what that means. You want to give it a shot, but your cows say, man, look, you got the passion on time today. You rock. You're a one marshmallow. Good job. I mean, you weren't 10 minutes late like usual. Surely that's good enough. And your cows say, just stay right where you are. Don't, don't go any further. You know that you need to make something right with uh, somebody. You, you know, you made a lot of progress with your feelings toward them. And, uh, and you know God's challenging you to go and restore a relationship or to forgive somebody who's done you so wrong and and, man, the more you think about it, the more your cows start talking and say, don't go. Don't move. Some of us, uh, I tell you, we're probably all of us need to kick our cows to the curb, man. You need to, you need to tell your cows to shut up. Shut up. Look at what happens um, in the scripture that follows. Um, it says this, Moses said to the Gadites and Reubenites, who's a little, little peeved, I think, uh, shall your countrymen go to war? While you sit here, why do you discourage the Israelites from going over into the land the Lord our God, the Lord has given them? This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. So, so I'm getting the feeling that Moses is a little bit aggravated because here's what these people are wanting to do. They're wanting to eat their one marshmallow when everybody else has zero marshmallows. It's really a selfish move. And so Moses says, wait, what's, that's not right for you to stay here and you to have all your cows eating and the rest of us don't have a place to call home. And so he refers back to whenever the, uh, he initially, Moses initially sent 12 spies into the land. If, again, if you've been around church, you know the story. Sent 12 in, 10 came back and said, um, Two came back and said, man, let's go for it. Let's go for it. There are two marshmallows over there. In fact, there's a whole stinking bag of marshmallows over there. Marshmallows so big that we had to carry them between. It, it doesn't say that. I'm sorry. Grape clusters so big. Grapes so big we had to carry them on a pole between two of us. There's marshmallows over there. And uh, ten guys said, 
yeah, but, well, let me, let me tell you what they said. Here's what 10 of them said. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey and marshmallows. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. Let me just read that again. But the people who live here are powerful. So they've got, they've got talking heifers, and they've got big butts. I'm just saying. Have you, have you ever had that problem in your spiritual life, a big butt? You, you say, hey, I mean, they said what was true first, right? The land is good. And it is flowing with milk and honey. You're right. This is the place, man. When God, you know, when God promises you something, it's good. Oh, the problem is, they said, but. Mm. Has your butt ever gotten in your way? Sure it has. But. But the people who live there are powerful and their cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. And then they said this, we saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. And then, then they said this, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. So, so really, we got cows doing some talking, we got large posteriors, and then we got grasshoppers talking. Um, here's the deal. Man, can you imagine... How how good this land must have been, and yet their cows start talking. Their grass they start seeing grasshoppers, and here's what they do, and here's what we do sometimes. Instead of focusing on the size of our God, we focus on the size of our enemy, or the size of our problem. That's exactly what they did here. When we do that, when we focus on the size of our enemy and the size of our problems instead of the size of our God, we will take the one marshmallow every time. Because here's the deal. Our enemies tell us, just be satisfied with one marshmallow. Don't wait for two. Good night. Take what you can get now and go with it. Here's the fallout from that. Moses said, look, if you guys don't go, you're going to make it harder for others to go. And here's what I want us to understand. And especially if we're parents or um, we're leaders, whatever, when we don't wait for the two marshmallows, we make it harder for those people that are following us, that are coming behind us, to wait for two marshmallows too. Um. There's something about both courage and cowardice. They're both contagious. I'm not, I'm not a huge movie guy, but there are a couple of movies I love. One of them's Dead Poet Society. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Carpe diem, boys, make your life incredible. Love that. Love that passage. That part of the. Uh, my other favorite movie is Braveheart. Oh, that's a man movie. I know you women, you know, I just want to see blood and guts all over the screen. No, I mean, it's just so cool. I, I got a picture of William Wallace, I think. The I mean, dude, why would you not follow a guy that was willing to paint his face blue and white, huh? 
And then the next picture, I mean, it, it's, a great, it's a great movie because he rallies these people. He rallies these folks that are, you know, just commoners against this incredibly powerful army of England. And, uh, I love the movie. And William Wallace, I mean, every time I see it, I just want to get up and hurt somebody. I mean, I just, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Because, because there's something about courage and there's something about cowardice. They're both contagious. And my question for us is, when it comes to our spiritual life, when it comes to our walk with God, man, what are we spreading? Are we spreading one marshmallow-type faith that says, oh, you know, it's good enough, let's just get here, let's, you know, as long as you got here on Sunday, it's great. Or are we willing, are we spreading the kind of faith that, that it takes? You know, it takes a lot of faith to wait for two marshmallows. That is going to come. Here's, here's one of the things that... that uh, surprises me or shocks me the most about this story when I read through it. Did you know that what happened with those guys, those guys who decided to settle, is um, they actually, Moses acquiesced and said, okay, you guys can have this land. This land that's not the land that God promised, you can have it. But here's what you have to do. You have to go into the land of Canaan. You have to cross the Jordan anyway. Your, your men, your fighting men have to go with us and have to fight those giants. So here's what they, here's, first of all, let me give you a couple things. Can you imagine how stupid they felt when they got to the land of Canaan and went, God, why did we say we wanted that stuff over there? Dumb me. Oh. You know, they were like, they had their marshmallow. Oh, man, why, why did we choose just one marshmallow? Why? And here's the second thing I thought about that. Guess what they had to leave behind when they went to fight? They left their wives, their sons, their daughters, and, yes, even their blessed cows. So here, here's, what, here, here's the point I want to make, that when we settle for one marshmallow, we leave ourselves vulnerable to the enemy. Do you understand? If you're a parent, if you're a mom, you're a dad, whenever you choose to just do good enough and be good enough and take one marshmallow, we leave our families unprotected. Wow. In fact, I'll tell you this. Um, later, whenever um, the people of Israel were attacked, so let me read it to you. It says they were unfaithful to the God of their fathers and prostituted themselves to the gods of the peoples of the land whom God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel stirred up the, the spirit of Pool, king of Assyria. That is, uh, you know, that guy who took the Reubenites. Listen, took the Reubenites, Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh into exile. Okay, so who got attacked first whenever, whenever enemies came? It was those two, it was actually two and a half tribes that settled. Those folks who had one marshmallow in their mouth, they got attacked first. And I want you to know that when you settle for one marshmallow, you are the first and the primary target that the enemy will come after because he knows, he knows you're just halfway in it. They lived a life. Let me tell you, these guys who decided to, to take one marshmallow, I think they lived a life of a regret. Because that one marshmallow that tasted so sweet at first kind of went sour in their mouth. I believe that the enemy will consistently put 
single marshmallows in the path of our life, and we've got to decide. You know, maybe if, if you're not married yet, I've talked about moms and dads, maybe you're not married yet, you're younger. I guarantee you, the enemy will line your path with one marshmallow relationships. And it's not everything that God promised. You know, it's not everything that you thought it would be. and Not everything that you wrote out that you wanted in a mate. But, man, he's okay or she's okay. Ah, you know, not perfect. But I just, you know, I think, oh. Um, you get to know him a little bit. And um, you get married to him. And, man, oh. The marshmallow, it kind of goes bad in your mouth. I challenge us, me, all of us, to wait for the second marshmallow. Again, we're going to take what's acceptable, but we're going to take what's exceptional. Here's, here's the problem. Sometimes in our lives, sometimes it doesn't even seem like God has put one marshmallow on the table. It seems like our table is absolute. I'll cover up that slobbered up one, okay, so you don't have to look at it. It, it looks like our table is just absolutely empty. No marshmallows out there. What do we do at that point? I want to I tell you a story about that. Let me read you a passage of Scripture. It says this, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur, the Chaldees, Chaldeans, to go to Canaan. But the, when they came to Haran, they settled there. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What did God do? God called them, and they were supposed to go to Canaan. But when they got to Haran, they settled there. One was a one marshmallow deal. I don't know why, uh, um, but I'm I'm all into maps today. Let me just let me just give you this. Here's where they started out over here on the right, Ur of the Chaldeans. This is where God called him to go. About halfway there, they stopped and settled for one marshmallow, right? Well, this uh, uh, this story isn't about Terah. It, it actually is about um, here, here's what it says that Terah. Died or lived 205 years and then died in Haran. That's the next next scripture, I believe, um, 22. Um, so that's what happens when we eat one, one marshmallow. I, that story. I mean, look at that scripture. Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. That's his life. That's his life. He lived and he died. He lived, he settled, and he died with one marshmallow in his mouth. And when we choose one marshmallow, when we choose just what's okay, not quite there, we end up living and dying and doing not much between those two. But pretty soon we find another, these other two characters mentioned that are coming into focus, Abraham or Abram at this time and his wife Sarah, and they seem to kind of just be along for the ride, but they're going to kind of be the main players. And here's what, here's God showed up and here's what God said to Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people. It's okay that I read lots of scripture, right? Okay, good. Um, and your father's household and go to the land I'll show you. I'll make you into a great nation and I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless, the one, I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I'll curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Um, he took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran and set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Somebody finally waited for two marshmallows, right? They finally got to Canaan. Go, Abram. So, uh, but that's not the end of the story. Not the end of the story because here's what it says. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. This is where it's really interesting. It, these are the two marshmallows. Your offspring, I'm going to give you this whole land. Two marshmallows, we kind of um, got, got ahead of ourselves. Abram, here's the problem. When God says this to Abram, he's 75 stinking years old. I mean, God's mentioning offspring, and he's 75, and he doesn't have any kids yet. Another interesting thing is that he, you know, his, his wife is, is not much younger than him. And so we've got these two marshmallows way out there. I mean, they're way out there with Abram. You're 75 years old, and God says there's something out there. You, there's so here's what, here's what God did. It says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very, um, your very great reward. But Abram said, oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, you've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. So, Abram has nothing. No marshmallows on the table right now. Just two marshmallows way out in the future somewhere. I have no kids, and you're telling me I'm going to have so many kids that they're going to be as numerous as the stars and Abram basically says, look, look, I appreciate it, but, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's really hard to believe there are no marshmallows. And so what do you do with that? What do you do whenever there's something out there, you think maybe there's something out there, but there's nothing on the table right now? No marshmallows. I'll tell you what you do. You, you start trying to make some marshmallows of your own. And we all know how to make marshmallows, don't we? Marshmallows come from marshmallow cream. Here's what Sarah decided to do. Well, God, I guess... She waited for a while. She waited for the two marshmallows. She waited 10 years. And she waited another 10 years. And yet, nothing. And after a while, after a while, you know, I hear this as a pastor. You know, I just kind of got tired of waiting. I got tired of waiting on God. And so instead of waiting, I just decided to kind of make it happen on my own. I decided to make some marshmallows. And man... I am going to make a nice-looking marshmallow. Look at that thing. Is that beautiful or what? 
And so you start making marshmallows. That's exactly what Sarah did. Oh, that, wait. There, that's much better, right? That's exactly what she, what she did. Here's what, here's what it says. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Just, just a caution, guys. If your wife offers somebody else to sleep with you, don't take her up on it. Okay, just, I'm just saying that. Uh, perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for Canaan 10 years, Sarai's wife took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her husband to be his wife. Here's what Sarah was doing. She was dipping into the marshmallow cream. She said, I guess God's not going to come through, so I'm going to make my own marshmallow. And see, we do that too. We get tired of waiting on God. We think, well, God's not coming through with the job I want. God's not coming through with, you know, who I'm supposed to marry. God's not coming through with the finances. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to, I guess I'll just have to take it in my own hands, God. I got this one, you know. And we start trying to make marshmallows. And we do a lousy, lousy, lousy job. Sarah was so desperate for children that she sent in a surrogate, surrogate for her husband. I mean, um, we might think this was just kind of a noble act by a desperate woman, but it, it wasn't. It, it was all about her. It was, it was selfish. I think her words um, where she says, perhaps I can build a family through her. Oh, Pastor Steve is going to love me for getting this marshmallow cream all over his mic. Um, in other words, here's what Sarah was saying. Look, it's not that I care so much about, certainly not about the girl I'm sending in with my husband or really about him or really about God. It's, it's what can I get out of it. Maybe I can build a family for me through this lady. And, uh, and here's, what God, here's what God says. When we dip our hands into the cream to make marshmallows, God says, knock yourself out. Go for it. And that's exactly what he said. The Scripture says that he slept with Hagar and she conceived. God gave her exactly what she decided to make. He gave her her own little marshmallow. And in fact, it says this, when she knew she was pregnant, when, when Sarah knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Okay, wait, 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 just a sec. Whose plan was this? It was Sarah's, right? I mean, what a great little thing. You can go sleep with him. I'll have a kid. That'll all be great. And whenever, whenever she started to really look at her marshmallow that she had made, she got, she got upset. She got upset at the girl. She got upset at Abram. Abram's like, dude, I was just doing exactly what you asked me to do. You know, he's, what? <laughs> it says, next, she says, it says, then Sarah said to Abram, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. What? What? He's like, dude, wait, wait, was that you that told me to go and do it? And so she has, she has this little marshmallow, and it, it just, the more she looks at it, the more disgusted she is with it. And she starts blaming everybody else for her marshmallow mess. Oh. You know what? We do it too. We kind of make this mess by calling the shots ourselves. 
We do our own thing, and we say, well, if God's not going to do it, I guess I'm going to have to do it. And we start calling our own shots, and we make this little marshmallow. And the more we step back and look at it, the more we go, that is ugly. Why have I done that? Why did I? Oh, this is nasty. I can't get rid of this stuff. And you know what we do? It's crazy about us. We start looking around for people to blame. It's your fault I'm in this. You, you did it. The truth is, nobody did it but us, man. It's our fault. And uh, the, 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 in this story, the, the famous phrase that if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy could never have been more true, you know? And so, so Abram, he's like, he doesn't know what to do. He's just like, I've got a psycho woman on my hands. What do I do? And he says this. He says to her, your servant is in your hands. You do with her whatever you think is best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from him. Oh, that, or from her. What? This was your great idea. Thank you, man. I've got some baby wipes up here. But, um, uh. This was your idea. And now you're trying to get rid of the girl. Isn't that what we like to kind of do with our bad decisions? When we make bad decisions, whenever we see things going south, we just kind of hope we can just sweep them under the rug. Sorry about that. I didn't mean that. That was an ugly marshmallow. I know I made it. We kind of like to jettison those things. and oh, Forget about those. Let's just go on. But um, God's not going to let that happen. Interestingly enough, it's kind of a cool story. God shows up to this girl who was the the third vertex of this love triangle. And he says this, and the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that's beside the road to Shur. And he said to Hagar, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. She answered, then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. Wow. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. It's as if God is saying to Sarah, wait, wait, wait. You wanted this. You, you were determined to have your own marshmallow and to make it yourself. I'm going to give you the whole enchilada, the whole marshmallow. You're going to get the whole thing. And it was a mess. It was a mess. Here's, here's what we need to understand. That when we start kind of, I mean, I think when we start doing this, we kind of start taking over God's role in our life. We kind of start saying, God, you're, you're not big enough. I mean, we would never say that. But God, apparently, you're not going to work on my behalf. I've been praying for this. And, you, you know, it's not happening yet, so I'm just going to dig in myself. And I just want us to know that marshmallow making has some very serious ramifications. Let me give you this, and we're, we're almost done, I promise. In Genesis 16, this is uh, still God talking to Hagar. It says, the angel of the Lord also said to her, you're now with child, and you will have a son. You will name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. 
So God says, as a result of your marshmallow making, that this is going to get really, really much more messy than you ever thought. Sarah did not know that when she dipped her hand into the marshmallow cream, when she decided, if God's not going to do something, I'm going to do something. Okay, if you want, I'm going to do something. She didn't realize that her decision would affect you. It affects you. It affects me. Let me, let me tell you how. Let me read a couple names to you. Satam Sekwami. Abdulaziz Alamari. Walid Al-Shuri, Muhammad Atta. These four names are the names of four of the 9-11 attackers on New York City. Do you know who those attackers' great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather is? His name is Ishmael. Can you believe because she wasn't willing to wait on God for what God had, and because she dipped into the, made her own marshmallow, that 4,000 lives were lost in New York City on 9-11. And we still live in a different state than we've ever lived because of those terrorists. What we don't understand is that the decisions that we make, whether it's a decision to take one marshmallow or a decision to make our own marshmallows will ripple out from our lives in concentric circles like a rock dropping in a pond. That's why I'm so passionate today about us waiting on God's best. The good news is that Sarah learned her lesson. She waited uh, uh, 14 more years and uh, and after 14 years, she finally got the promise. His name literally means two marshmallows. Isaac. I'm just kidding. It doesn't really mean that. In the Hebrew Greek study Bible, that's what it says. God shows up and God shows up and says, "Man, look, I know you said that. I know I said this a long time ago, but there's those two marshmallows. They're coming your way, babe." They really are. And Sarah, I love the story. Sarah kind of laughed at him. <laughs> and then God said, you laughed. And she said, I didn't laugh. Why? You know, if you laugh, just tell God you laughed, okay? Anyway, so she, she kind of laughs. And, and uh, he, here's what's kind of cool. Because after she laughed at God, you know, a couple months down the road, she started having these strange cravings, you know, for peanut butter and pickle sandwiches and kind of stuff, you know. And it wasn't long before, you know, you could see the pooch in her belly, and, you know, accompanied by stretch marks because she was old, you know. <laughs> I mean, not just on. And, and let me tell you what she did when she had that baby. She, she got the marshmallows, man. She just didn't get two. She had a whole lot and she told all her, she called all her friends and said, come eat marshmallows with me. And 
than I know what to do with. I can't believe it. I know God promised two marshmallows, but man, it's even better than God promised. And whenever we're willing to wait, when we're willing to wait out, instead of going for what's acceptable, what's good, what might be okay, when we're willing to wait, man, people are going to see our mouth like chipmunks, and we're going to get to say, hey, look at what God has done for me. And the scriptures say that the story ended, not ended, but the last part of the story I want to tell is that Sarah called her friends and said, come laugh with me. <laughs> I did not think this was possible. Look at the mess I made. I know I made a mess, but God has fulfilled his promise. I decided to wait. I know I made Here's the great news. Even when we blow it and we take the one marshmallow, if we'll learn our lesson, God is not through with us yet. He's got more marshmallows out there for us. I'm just talking to somebody today that needs to say no to what's okay, to say no to, um, you know, to just the, the way things have always been and status quo, and that's good enough. I am calling to somebody who says, I am waiting on the very best that God has for me. I'm waiting on both marshmallows from God. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, I come to you today, and um, I'm just so grateful that you're a God. You're a God of promise. You, uh, you love us beyond um, anything that we could even comprehend. And Lord, I just, I, I just want us to realize that your promises toward us, they're not just okay. They're not just going to, you know, bring a, a little bit of happiness to our life. What you promise, God, is so, according to your word, it's so above and beyond what we could ever even ask or think that it is just going to blow us away. And sometimes I'm not sure we believe that those promises are so great and so we're not willing to wait on them. But, God, I'm, I'm telling some people in here today that what God has for you is going to blow you away only way he's going to be able to do that is if you wait if you wait don't go for the one marshmallow don't settle don't settle don't try to make your own marshmallow listen you are not a very good God and neither am I my marshmallow was nothing like the ones made from the factory. And when we try to do things our own way, we, we, they are a very poor representation of what God really intended for our lives. And so today, God, I, I ask that you would give us the faith to believe you for two marshmallows instead of one. Give us the faith to believe you for a whole bag of marshmallows or a mouthful. I just want to ask you right now, maybe the truth is that you've kind of taken over the reins of your life. You, 
you know, you, you just kind of thought you knew best. And you've kind of made your own decisions and you're your own man or your own woman. And the truth is that you look about like I'm looking up here right now with a mess on your hands. And you've kind of tried to make your own marshmallow, but it's not anything like you thought it would be or you intended for it to be. I'm going to tell you today, Jesus wants you to surrender control. He wants you to get your hand out of the marshmallow cream and surrender control to Him so He can make something incredible from your life. Nobody's looking at looking around, but you would just you would just say, "Less." The truth is, I'm kind of that's kind of where I am. Made some bad decisions. I got a lot of junk on my hands, and uh, I know I made I made the mistakes. But I need to God. I need God to come and help me work through them, and I need Him to give me the the faith and the patience to wait on His very best. I need to surrender control of my life to Him. I'm not talking about praying a prayer. I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm talking about where you say, God, I'm taking my hand out of the marshmallow cream. I'm not in control anymore. It's about you. Nobody's looking around. You just raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. There's two. Anybody else want to just raise your hand? Thank you. There's another one. Three. Lord, I pray for at least three people in here right now. I'm so grateful that you love them enough and love us enough to let us know that you're bigger than our mistakes. You were a lot bigger than Sarah's mistake. Because you didn't just write her off. You didn't say, you blew it, you're, you're through with, you're over with, I'm, I'm, I'm done with you. No, whenever she turned to you, realized what she had done. You still, you still fulfilled the promise. And so God, over at least three lives in here today, I pray that as they come to you, and I want, I want you to know if you raised your hand, you've you got, you got to say, God, here I am. Take my mess. Take my, um, the control that I've tried to maintain over my life. Take it all so that you can be truly my God my Lord, my King. And so I, I pray that prayer along with them and say, God, whenever I try to make life work, I make a huge mess of it. But God, when I surrender control to you, you make things happen that I never could have imagined happening. God, that's what I pray for three, at least three people in this place today. I pray that you would start to make things happen that they that are beyond their wildest dreams and expectations as they surrender their lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's what I'm going to do. My wife is with me. She's really, she's really, she really loves to pray for people. I do too, but she's a lot better at it than I am. Um, we're going to be right up around the front here. If you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, you want us to pray for you, we'd love to do that, okay? We'd love to do that. I so enjoyed getting to speak to you today. Thank you so much for allowing me to do it, okay? God bless you. Amen, amen.
How many of you were blessed this morning by the ministry of Pastor Les? Amen. Let's give God a hand praise. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Man, that, that really hit home with me. You know, sometimes you tend to jump quick on things and you don't wait on the Lord. We need more patience, but the only problem with that is the Bible says tribulation works patience. And so you got to go through some things to get patience. But if we're willing to go through the process and wait, we can reap the reward. I'm just honored to be in your presence. We appreciate you all saying so. Thank you very much. Amen. We, we really want to, we don't do this often here at Passion, but we really want to bless the man of God if the ushers would uh, kind of get the, um, get ready. We want to try to uh, just take up a special love offering and, and uh, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I guess we can, do we want to just do it on the way out? Okay. As, as you're going out, you can just drop it in the, in the, in the baskets back in the back with the ushers. And, and we really appreciate you for being here. How many of you were at the deep retreat? Again, if you were not there, I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm just going to say you need to be at the next one. That's all, uh, you know, you just need to be at the next one. It's just a, a powerful experience. Uh, the Remember Room was a powerful experience. Um, just everything there, being in the small groups and getting to know people was a powerful experience. So in the fall, just make plans. We'll have that date for you. Make plans to be with us. Amen? Amen. So we appreciate you for coming out to Passion Church and Love on someone that you don't know on the way out. And God bless you. And we'll see you next week. God bless you. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.